exalted, the King is exalted on high. I will praise Him, He is exalted forever exalted. want to express my appreciation to all those who have been involved with the Connect groups. Uh, we've had about 50 people who have been meeting together weekly uh, to go further in this study of prayer. Uh, for those who led and hosted the groups, thank you so much to all of you who participated. Uh, we do plan to have another set of Connect groups this fall, and we hope this can be an ongoing uh, part of the ministry of our church to help people connect better with our Lord and with one another in our church family. You know, over the past six weeks, we have discovered that prayer is one of the most vital elements of the Christian life because prayer is the primary way that we build a relationship with God. Reading His Word is, is essential. It's good. Coming to church it's essential. It's good. So many things that we do, serving Christ, is essential. It's good. But prayer, more than anything else you do as a Christian, will help to build that relationship to create those connections with our God. But we've learned that not only can prayer be helpful in building a relationship with God, there are times that prayer can be challenging and frustrating. It's especially when you don't get an answer that you want or expect. Or may not feel like you got any answer at all. You know, I told you the very first week that God answers our prayers in one of four ways. He says, go, 
which is a form of yes. Good prayer, go for it. Or he says slow, not yet. You got to wait for it. Good request, but it's not the right time. Or he says grow. You're not ready to receive what you ask of me. You're not ready for that to happen. I need you to grow uh, in your faith and your relationship with me first. Then we can take that step. Or the fourth answer, which is no. And any answer but the first one, you know, anything but a yes, can leave us feeling frustrated and disappointed and sometimes even angry with God. We may say, well, God doesn't answer my prayers. Oh, he answers. He just didn't give you the yes. He gave you one of the other three. Some well-meaning people will say, well, you don't, God said no to you because you don't have enough faith. Or you didn't pray hard enough. Or you didn't pray long enough. But the Bible is full of examples of people who had strong faith, who prayed long and hard, and yet still heard God say no. Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Job, Elijah, Peter, Paul, even Jesus Christ, all experienced God's no at times in answer to their prayers. So this morning I want to share with you three basic reasons why God says no at times to our prayers. The first one is that God says no when he has a bigger perspective. God says no when he has a bigger perspective. I think we all realize that we have a fairly limited perspective on life, don't we? On the world around us and even ourselves. Have you ever said something and then you immediately thought, well, why did I say that? Or done something and you go, why, why in the world did I do that? You know, we don't even understand ourselves sometimes, much less others. But when we go to prayer, we presume to tell God, this is exactly what needs to happen. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on. Let me tell you what the answer needs to be and how you need to work in this situation. And there are times when God says, you know, I'm seeing this a little different than you. Rather than your narrow, limited point of view about life, I have the bigger picture view of life. Hebrews 4.13 says that nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare. That means that God knows everything about everyone everywhere. His perspective is unlimited. He can see what you can't see. He knows what you don't know. And sometimes when we pray, we, we can't see the implications and consequences that might unfold if God says yes to that prayer. 
Each time God says yes, it sets off a chain reaction of things that happen. And God can look down the road far enough to see that's not where you want to be. That's not what you're going to want to happen. And if I say yes to this, that's where you're going to be. So I've got to tell you no. Even though you don't understand that and it doesn't make sense and you think it's unfair. He asks us to trust him. There's an old Chinese story I love. There was a farmer who tilled his field with a horse. It's the only horse he had. And one day that horse broke out of the pen and ran off. His neighbor came over and said, oh, what bad luck. And the farmer said, bad luck? Good luck? Who knows? A few days later, the horse came back and brought several other wild horses with him. The same neighbor came over and said, what good luck? And do you know what the farmer said? <laughs> Bad luck? Good luck? Who knows? His son decided to tame one of those wild horses, and he was thrown off and broke his leg. Well, all the neighbors are saying, what bad luck? Do you know what the farmer said? <laughs> Say it with me. Bad luck, good luck, who knows? A week later, the army comes marching into their village to conscript all of the young men into the military. But they look at the farmer's son and see he has a broken leg. And they excuse him from service. <laughs> Bad luck? Good luck? Who knows? I could go on, but I think, I, I think you get the point. You know, each time it looked like, oh, well, that's, that's bad, or that's good. But is it really? See, sometimes something that seems bad turns out to be good, and something that we look at as good can actually lead to something bad. We have a limited perspective, but God knows what is best. Take Daniel. Daniel uh, obeyed God. He was faithful to God, and yet he was going to be thrown into the lion's den. And Daniel prayed not to be thrown in the lion's den, and God said no. Instead, he let him go in the lion's den, shut the lion's mouths. And when he came out, the king, the very king who put him there for worshiping God, worshiped God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow to the king's idol under penalty of death by being thrown in a fiery furnace. They prayed not to go into the furnace. God said no. They went into the furnace, but the fire didn't hurt them. And when they came out, the king praised God. You see, from their limited perspective, the only good thing that could happen was for God to say yes and spare them from suffering. But God understood the bigger picture and said, no, this is going to work out better if I say no to this and say yes to something else. We need to trust that God has a bigger perspective 
And when he says no, there is a reason beyond what you or I can know or understand. So God says no when he has a bigger perspective. God also says no when he has a better plan. He says no when he has a better plan. Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me give you the short form of that scripture. My ways are higher, my thoughts are better, so trust me to do what is best. That's what Isaiah was saying. We want God to answer our prayers in a way that is easiest, quickest, and most comfortable for us, don't we? I do. When I pray, I've already like charted out what I think is the easy path through something. And that's what I want, Lord, right there. But here's something you, you don't want to lose. And if you're taking notes, you want to write this down, okay? God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. God is more interested in our character than he is our comfort. In other words, if the way he can help us grow as a person to grow in faith is the harder road, that's the road he's going to send you down. I have learned very little in my life on the easy path. I like it. I always want it. But I can honestly say I haven't learned much when life was easy and things came easy. It's, it's in the struggle. It's in the hardship. It's in the pain and the suffering and the loss that I've wrestled with God and come out stronger for doing it. Think about Joseph. Out of jealousy, his brothers threw him in a pit and intended to kill him. Joseph prayed to be delivered, not only from the pit, but from his brothers. God answered his prayer for deliverance. But I think what Joseph had in mind is get me out of the pit, make my brothers go away, and I'll be fine. <laughs> Instead, God said, Oh, you're coming out of the pit. But you're going into slavery in Egypt where you're going to be falsely accused of something you didn't do. And then you're going to be thrown into prison for a couple of years. And then finally, you're going to be released and elevated to a position where you can save not only the people of Egypt, but your own family from famine. You see, God had a better plan. <laughs> Joseph's plan is get me out of here. And spare me from suffering. God's plan was get you out of there. Put you through the hardship. So that in the end you're in a position to do what I need you to do. 
And when Joseph's brothers came humbly before him, begging for his forgiveness and asking for mercy, this is what Joseph said. He said, do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Catch this part. It was not you who sent me here, but God. It was not you. They did it. But Joseph is saying, you did it because God led you to do it. Because he needed me where I was. God needed Joseph to be in a position of power in Egypt. And how are you going to get a Jewish boy in Canaan into power in Egypt? Well, you don't just walk in and go, I'm here. I'm here to apply for the second-in-command job to Pharaoh. Okay, yeah, I'm not Egyptian, but don't let that bother you. (laughs) You know, how are you going to pull that off? God had a better plan. And Joseph had a limited perspective, so he couldn't see it. But he learned to trust God. And don't you think the faith of Joseph grew exponentially through that experience? third reason that God says no. He has a bigger perspective. He has a better plan. Or he may say no because he has a greater purpose. God says no when he has a greater purpose. This is a bit of a hard truth. But God will never allow your prayers to interfere with his will. And if you are praying for something, you can be praying faithfully, earnestly, long and hard for God to do something in your life or in the life of someone else. And if that is not in the scope of God's will for you or for that person, he is going to say no every single time. And we don't understand that because, what, there's about 7 billion people on this planet? How can God possibly know my best interest when he's got 7 billion people to look after? I only got me. But he does. That's what makes him God. He can look at all 7 billion people and say, I know exactly what needs to happen in your life. I know when it needs to happen. I know how how it needs to happen. And when your prayers line up with my will and my purpose, I'm going to say go. And when they don't, I'm going to say no. Psalm 57.2 says, I cry out to God Most High who fulfills His purpose for me. Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, you want to underline all things, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That's a powerful scripture. You need to hold on to that one. God can work for good in all things according to his will and purpose. I can't tell you how many times in the last four years Sue and I have experienced the truth of that scripture. 
our path has not been the easy path. And Sue was having an impact on people's lives before she got sick. But that impact has been multiplied many times over when she was diagnosed with cancer. Her sickness has become a microphone through which she can tell the world about God's love and grace, about his faithfulness, and about what it means to walk by faith and put your hope and trust in him even when you don't get it. I think I speak for both of us. We don't understand this, do we? I don't. I don't have a clue why this is happening to us. But I know who does. And I'm trusting that he has a bigger perspective and a better plan and a greater purpose. And so when he tells us no when we pray for her to be healed, we accept that. If he doesn't make this computer respond the way we want, we can accept that. Think about Jesus himself. Jesus was the all-time champion prayer. Has anybody ever prayed like Jesus? Has anybody ever prayed better or longer or harder than Jesus? Surely if there is anyone who has never heard God's no to his prayers, it was Jesus. But yet as we move into this Easter week, we are aware that that's not true. After his last supper with his disciples, he went out into the garden. And the scripture tells us not once, but twice, but three times. Jesus fell on his face before the Lord. He said his soul was in anguish unto death. He prayed so hard and so passionately that he sweat great drops of blood. And said, if, let this cup pass. He knew what was coming the next day. The trials, the mockery, the humiliation, the beatings, the torture, the horrible death on a cross. And he didn't want anything to do with it. Who would? And he prayed to be delivered. In his prayer, he said, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. And I want to clarify that when he says, if it is possible, he's not saying, if you can do it. There is no question of God's authority over Herod or Pilate, or no question of God's power to deliver Christ from suffering and death. He's not saying, if it's possible, you know, if you think you can do it, no, when he says if it's possible, he means if it's possible for you still to accomplish your will and your purpose in this world through me without the cross, let's do that. If there's a plan B, it's time to roll it out because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm about there. That's what he means if it's possible because he, he follows his prayer up each time. Three times he prays, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Three times he says, yet not 
my will, but thine be done. He understood that God has a bigger perspective, that God has a better plan, and that God has a greater purpose. And if that meant the cross, then so be it. As I said before, this is a hard truth. I was not looking forward to this sermon at all because I don't like it. I don't like to be told no by God. And I struggle when God tells me no. But I've come to understand that sometimes he can use our trouble for his glory. Sometimes the very thing that he needs in order to accomplish his purpose is our pain and suffering and loss. Here's another thing I want you to hold on to. Sometimes we go through what we go through to help others go through what we went through. Let that sink in just a moment. Sometimes we go through what we go through so we can help others go through what we went through. So many people have come alongside us who have had experiences similar to ours, who have gone through some of the same things we're going through. And it's been such a help. And now we find ourselves in a position to be able to be of greater help to others. Rather than responding with disappointment, frustration, and anger when God tells us no, we are learning to affirm God's love, accept God's will, and embrace the good that he is doing through our hurt. You notice I said we are learning. Not there yet. But we're learning. One day at a time, one step at a time, we are coming to have a greater understanding that when God says no, there's a yes around the corner. It may not be the yes we want. It may not be the yes we expect. But at the end of every no, there is a yes. Because the yes is God's purpose, His will, that is achieved. So I hope you will hold on to these thoughts. Because I don't think there's a single person in this room that hasn't had to deal with God's no at some time in your life. You may be dealing with one right now as you sit here. Struggling with, why does he keep telling me no? It's not because he doesn't care. It's not because he isn't there. It's not because you don't have enough faith or you don't pray right. You don't pray long enough. You don't pray hard enough. God says no because he has a bigger perspective. He has a better plan and he has a greater purpose. Let us pray. God, I thank you that you always 
always hear and answer our prayers. But we struggle, Lord. There are times we are so sure that we know what is best, that we know what should happen, that we know how a situation should come out. And yet, you say no. Lord, may we learn to trust you. The people in your word did. And may we learn from their examples what it truly means to walk by faith. Even your own son was told no. And I pray, Father, that every day as we pray, that we would end our prayers the same way that Jesus did. Yet not my will, but thine be done. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, there's probably more than one, but this is an example of one prayer to which God will never, ever say no. Do you want a sure yes? This is your prayer. And that is, Lord, will you allow me to have your son Jesus Christ as my Savior and forgive my sin and allow me to be with you forever in heaven. You pray that prayer, you get yes every time. Because that's, that was the greater purpose. For Jesus is no. The yes that came after the no that Jesus got was that everyone else that asked me to forgive their sins and give them eternal life, I can say yes to them because I said no to you. You are part of God's yes. And if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, you need to tell him yes. Yes, Lord. I believe in you. Yes, Lord, I accept you as my Savior. Yes, Lord, I want to follow you the rest of my days. We're going to stand and we're going to sing together. Uh, a hymn of invitation, and as we do so, I invite you to come if you're ready to say yes to Jesus. Number 455, verses 1 and 2.